Welcome to Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. I'm your host, Damali Peterman. On this podcast, we invite you to share a conflict that you need help navigating, and I, along with a guest co-host, will share what we would do in that situation to help you reach your breakthrough. Welcome to the show. Molly Peterman, and I am delighted to be sitting here today with Samir Shah. Samir, welcome to Breakthrough Radio Molly Podcast. Thank you, Damali, for giving me this opportunity. I am really glad. So, Samir, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a practicing lawyer from India, and I have a 25 years long practice doing, uh, uh, having my own uh, full service law firm. Presently, but presently my main focus is on dispute resolution. And why is dispute resolution your main focus? Well, I felt that um, disputes as such, uh, even from a lawyer's perspective, are not being addressed the way they should be, and especially for a country like us, where there's a long pendency of cases before the courts. It was more required to have a uh, different solution or resolution process to resolve the conflicts and the cases much faster and effectively. And so I'm so happy you said that because we are in Gujarat, India right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been an amazing experience today. You've been an exceptional host. And I usually like to tell people how I met my guest. And this is the power of networking, right? <laughs> yeah. To meet someone across the world via LinkedIn to have so many wonderful things in common and to think about ways to collaborate and work together and to mm-hmm. actually bring those things into fruition. And true, so that's how true. we've started off 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. In fact, uh, this can also help LinkedIn as such, you know, to uh, make people aware about the benefits of being on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And to bridge the gaps, meaning yeah. we you're based in India and Gujarat, I'm based in New York and the US, and look at us sitting together right now in Gujarat for this podcast. Yes, so it's making the world so small yes. and bringing, it, bringing the people together. Absolutely. And so you're talking about the benefits of dispute resolution. Mm-hmm. You bring a wealth of experience and expertise to the table. And I know that you work in a variety of different ways. You mentioned as a lawyer, as an arbitrator, and as a mediator. Do you have a favorite? Um, Well, earlier it used to be arbitrator, Mm -hmm. but now uh, it's mediation. And the reason being because because of my personal interest of when I do the counseling, especially in the family disputes, the matrimonial disputes, it, it... gives you sort of a, a satisfaction when you know you are able to resolve the conflicts between people and um, that happens more in mediation rather than arbitration because in arbitration you have to finally decide anyways however here your personal mental involvement with the parties you are working so close with the parties to ensure that some kind of settlement happens uh, within that mediation process, that gives you that gives you that you know that satisfaction of uh, of achieving something for the parties. So it sounds like mediation is rewarding for 
not only the parties involved, but also for the mediators, because it can also provide some satisfaction in yeah. yes. actually helping parties resolve their conflicts. Yes, yes. Well, yes, it may be a little subjective, I mean, but for me, as such, and I, I'm sure many of the mediators would agree on this, that it gives you that satisfaction, that rewarding feeling, of at least you are being able to help someone who had come to you, you know, seeking help. And, and what I like about that is a lot of people do jobs all the time where they don't have any satisfaction out of it. And I think what I hear you saying is that you know, people who are coming to you for help and support, being actually able to help them is yes. satisfying. Yes, yes. Because you see, if you go to court or for that matter arbitration, uh, you are uh, actually putting yourself in hands of a third party, though in mediation also. but. The major difference is that in mediation, you are still in control of yourself, all right? And you are just seeking guidance from that third party neutral mediator to check whether you are right or wrong, all right? So the control still remains with you. So that way, it is for the party's own satisfaction, you know, that yes, I have done that. And from the mediator's perspective, as I said, it is at least I have been able to help someone. So that feeling is more important. I love it. And for people who may not be dispute resolution nerds like you and I are, why don't we provide an explanation of what mediation is? Well, um, mediation is, uh, I would say, it's a mind game. It's more to do with the psychology of the parties rather than law, mm -hmm. all right? Because there's no rule. There are no law on mediation as such where a few countries have come up with rules and now we have the Singapore Convention. But it's not law. You see, it doesn't lay down that you have to do like this or you have to do like that. There's no procedure. It's all natural. So it gives you that broad, you know, ground to play and play for the benefits of the parties to come to a solution. So that's the, I would say, uh, the most advantageous part of mediation compared to other ADR processes. Second, from the party's perspective, it's not binding, all right? It's voluntary. Parties can are free to you know, just say, no, thank you. You don't want to go ahead. That's fine enough. That kind of leverage of freedom you don't get in other, you know, uh, mode like court proceedings or arbitration, all right? So this is, uh, I would say, is one of the best ADR process to resolve a dispute where there's a win-win situation for the parties. I love it. And it sounds like it's also a situation because it's voluntary, because parties are in control of the process, uh, that that may be another reason why parties opt for mediation, because it sounds like it's also quick, it's faster than yes. some of the other processes. Yes. Yes. Apart from that, you see, it's, it's also confidential. Now, uh, to give you an example, I mean, uh, in, it can happen only in mediation where you can have private conversation with parties. It cannot happen in court, it cannot happen in arbitration. But it can happen in mediation and many a times in my experience, these private conversations, what we call the caucus, have become the main tool to arrive at the solution. Because many times the parties feel that or they may not be at ease to you know, uh, say those things or discuss those issues openly. But if 
once they are in private conversation and if a good mediator is there he or she would be able to make the parties understand or even probably make the other party understand what this party is saying so this is i would say a very uh, important aspect of mediation uh, when you can have the private conversation to arrive and to understand what the private party thinks or what is the requirement what they need what they want and you can have as many oh, yeah. caucuses as yes, you want right yes, there's no yes, limit yes the ultimate goal is to you know try to resolve the dispute so you can take your time it's about up to the parties so there is no time limit as such but yes if the party supports and of course if the mediator is good enough experience enough then you can you know resolve it very quickly as compared to other litigation or arbitration which is a great point because there are people who may think oh i want to have my day in court and they don't realize that day could be a year or two or 20 yeah. from yes. now yes. whereas with mediation you can set that up relatively quickly to make sure you get all the parties to come to the table and then start working together with a good mediator to sort out and especially in country like ours and of course i mean we have a common law system which i'm so i'm sure that other common law countries would also be facing similar issues with the court trial process the delays are there you know so this mediation process works very well fits in very well for the for situation like what we are facing in our country right now at the same time it is also cheaper mm-hmm. compared to court there is no i mean there are no expenses as such it, you can have mediation at any place wherever the parties are comfortable there is no set infrastructure required there is no set place or venue needed the fees are also quite reasonable for the parties to you know pay off maybe depending on the mediator it can be a pro bono service also but that cannot happen in court right you actually have no control once you're in court right yes you're on the schedule of the judge of the court and you really don't know what's going to happen and you can't plan for it yes. but mediation you can plan for yeah. and i love that you said it can happen anywhere where the parties are most comfortable uh, get be more economically feasible for parties yeah like just give you an example uh, not mediation but sort of you know starting point of mediation when i do the family counseling you know mm-hmm. matrimonial dispute especially when the uh, the wife is aggrieved party who's coming to me and seeking my advice i would never call her first of all in my office i would rather go to the place where she would be comfortable and she would she will be accompanied with someone whom she confides in maybe a good friend maybe in from indian perspective mother mm-hmm. all right or the father so i would first try to see that she is comfortable then only she will open up and tell the things mm-hmm. all right so i never call initially if she is comfortable fine i don't mind calling them to the calling her to the office but if she is not then i would rather prefer going to the place where she is comfortable and that's a sign of a great mediator yeah, it's a sign about you it's <laughs> about the clients right yes, yes. <laughs> and one of the things that you were telling me earlier which i loved hearing was kind of the the origination story if you will or at least one of them for mediation how uh people would go to speak with a a panel yeah so so that's that's what we had uh, and we still have is what we call the panchayati system okay. all right now the panchas are basically you can relate it to a tribunal okay all right 
or a set of uh, judges uh, in a layman language who are the village elders they have the experience, maybe financial backgrounds, powerful influences and all. So their group of panchas always in odd number. And so when a, part, when a person has any problem, any dispute, he or she would approach this particular group of people who are known as panchas. And then a open hearing would be held within the uh, village premises. There is a place called Chopal. Mm -hmm where they would sit, both the parties would come, even the other interested people, the public would come, they, they are allowed to sit and hear out. Oh, wow. So there will be an open hearing, all right? And based on that hearing, they will deliver the final verdict. And what they say has to be followed, that's binding. So that is a system which is prevalent since ancient time in India, and it is still prevalent even today. And people are following and, you know, complying with that to certain to to a great extent. So this formed the basis for a, I would say the initial judicial process in India. Okay. Before the courts were actually established. This tribunal of panchas. Yes. So that now is given form into a structured ADR process. You call it mediation, arbitration, conciliation. So this particular system of justice delivery is fusion of all these three ADR modes. It's amazing. People are always able to find ways to sort out differences and what I like about it is the reality that sometimes you can't solve your own problems yep. and sometimes having the yeah. help of an outside party or in this instance five or an odd number of punches yeah. could be really vital to resolving the conflict. So you also arbitrate. Yes, I do. And you arbitrate all over the world. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about arbitration. What is arbitration for our listeners who want to know a little bit more about it? Well, um, arbitration is also, I would say, a sort of mediation. But the major difference being that if you are arbitrating and sitting as an arbitrator, you have to finally decide the dispute. So that's the important aspect. That's the important difference between mediation and arbitration. Uh, each has a neutral person, a mediator, an arbitrator, or maybe a tribunal, you know, three or five, whatever. And um, second important difference is arbitration is a procedural law. Uh, in almost all major countries of the world who are part of the uh, convention, the United Nations Convention, the New York Convention, what we say. And as I said, it is binding. I mean, you have to finally decide or the dispute is finally decided either ways in an arbitration which does not it which may not happen in mediation and as i said it's a procedural law there most of the countries have their own arbitration act mm -hmm. which is based on the model uh, law uh, of the united nation and um, well uh, i would say it is uh, more uh, closure to litigation because you still have those kind of mini trial happening in arbitration mm -hmm. in international commercial arbitration especially secondly arbitration uh, has its limitation you cannot arbitrate each and every dispute or all kinds of dispute I mean especially country like India uh, to give an example you cannot arbitrate a matrimonial dispute 
because we have we have a distinct separate law for that you cannot arbitrate uh, a dispute which has a which has an issue related to public at large so all the, you cannot arbitrate a criminal dispute a criminal offense as such uh so these these are certain limitation of arbitration however in mediation there is no boundary mm-hmm. you can mediate any dispute be it even criminal and so for people who are learning about arbitration um you've given some great tips as to some of the distinguishing features of arbitration that is binding um that is final that there's some limitations as to what it can be applied to um for arbitration does it take longer than mediation um if i tell you from indian perspective we have a recent amendment in our arbitration act where now i think it's the first time in anywhere in the world that you have a time limit set in the statute itself of giving the final award within 12 months from the commencement of arbitration wow. so you have 12 months 12 months to solve it yes so uh, otherwise i mean on an average if we look at the statistics available for intercommercial arbitration i mean more on the institutional part i think uh, it takes not more than 2 or 2 and a half years to resolve uh, or give the final award so typically longer than mediation but shorter than litigation of course yes of and course yes cost less than litigation ah uh, well that's a debatable point <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah in a way sometimes it it tends to be more expensive mm-hmm. because uh, you have to pay for the venue for the infrastructure especially in our country where we have more ad hoc arbitration than the institutional arbitration so the parties tend to bear the cost of the venue holding the meeting meeting rooms and all the additional charges for that so uh, yes to an extent it may you know uh, be more expensive than court litigation but you what you're getting in exchange is some certainty as to how long the process will take especially in light of the new law yes so you won't be doing it for 20 years <laughs> but yeah but what i would still see as a positive side of arbitration is that at least the parties have the freedom to choose the arbitrators who would be the experts in the respective dispute Mm-hmm. which the parties are facing which cannot happen if you go to court That's i right. mean you cannot be certain whether the particular judge would have that kind of an expertise to resolve that dispute i mean let's take an example of a construction dispute now if that construction dispute comes in arbitration then the parties have that freedom of choosing an let's say an engineer mm-hmm. okay or a structural engineer or electrical engineer depending upon what kind of construction dispute is that so that that particular person can understand the problem between the parties now this sort of freedom or leverage a party may not have in court mm-hmm. a particular judge may not have that construction you know knowledge or uh, information or expertise so what happens in that that ultimately you have to call an expert an additional charge would be there right. it takes in the time delays are there then you know the whole trial examination cross examination to it, it goes on in court that particular time period of factor you can reduce to a greater extent arbitration well that's great so it sounds like essentially you are saving some time and money 
with arbitration. And you're getting a certainty that somebody who's there as an arbiter is an expert who can understand who understand the dispute, the subject matter. Okay, so I mean, I, I love that you're basically a, uh, you have this great endorsement for dispute resolution, yep. and you're also providing some insight into kind of the genesis of it in India. Where do you see dispute resolution going in India, in particular mediation, because I know that that's something that you're very passionate about. Well, I think mediation has a great future, and um, as I always say, that I probably India is one of the uh, most important countries who would need mediation much more than any other countries, considering the backlog of cases what we are having, and of course, considering the uh, the the mental attitude of the of the people in general. I think mediation has a great future, and it should be. Uh, employed more uh, to resolve dispute in our country. Excellent. And I think I read the statistics since I've been in India for the past few days. Um, this is my third trip here, and I have to say mm-hmm. that I've never had more fun than what I'm having right now in Gujarat. Uh-huh. And I mean Thank that you. not to say that I haven't had a great time before. I love India, so I keep coming back. But the hospitality here has just been incredible. And so that's a plug for everyone to visit Gujarat and to try all the yummy Gujarat, yeah. Gujarati dishes as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but where I was going before was, um, I was thinking about how you were saying that mediation is the future and that it's particularly helpful in India. And I was reading recently that there are 1.3 billion people living in India. Mm-hmm. The world's population is just over 7 billion. So what that means is one out of every seven people is Indian. And so the way that I see it is not that necessarily it's needed in India, but the fact that if that's a large portion of the population that we can empower with conflict resolution techniques and and skills, just think about how that can continue to spread and benefit um, everyone in general. Exactly. What what I would I would I mean suggest is that basically what we need is a change of mindset. Mm. You see. If you, if you actually look to or consider any dispute uh, with, a, with a positive uh, you know, attitude of trying to resolve it out rather than fighting it out, mm-hmm. then I think most of your 90% of dispute are anyway resolved just by your thinking the way. Mm-hmm. So what 10% you need is the skill set. That's just so profound. I want to make sure that that's one of those sound bites that we will use from this podcast because... I, I love thinking about 90% of it being just having the open mind to yeah. think that you yeah. can resolve it. Yeah. And then the 10%, the remaining 10% being the ability or the skills required to do just that. You heard it here first from Samir Shah. <laughs> and so Samir, what else do you want to share with us, uh, with all our great listeners? I'm so honored to have you here today, someone with your experience and expertise and just global practice. Um, what parting words do you want to share with our audience today? Um, well, first of all, I must thank you for giving me this uh, opportunity to, you know, share my thoughts, my experience with such a large and diverse group of people across the globe. Um, what I would suggest, and which I am really right now even focused, is um, uh, to at least try uh, viewing dispute in a different perspective. Don't take dispute at a threshold. Right. Uh, try to be positive. Uh, 
of course it's very difficult i mean easy to say than to practice but if you really start even thinking about it i think you have already you know gone probably half the way more than half the way and that's what i have now focused on the students the senior law students mm -hmm. uh, to try to mold them their mindset to look at dispute in a different way so that when they come actually in the in the practice they at least can advise the client to look dispute from a different perspective you see in law schools i mean with all due respect uh the general mindset of the student coming off will become that i am a lawyer i have to argue mm. now this when i do the trainings i first of all i ask them do you know the difference between argument and submission because you don't argue in adr you submit and this is where the difference is this is the mindset change which you need you submit try to listen to other side also and try to analyze keep yourself in the other side all right and it's not it's not one sided i mean it has to be both way of course you can't have one way traffic so that's why i am just focusing on trying to change the mindset of the students at least to start with then we can go focus on the general public so at least they can be molded in a way so that you know they can advise the clients Who have come to them for seeking advice in a different perspective altogether. I love it. So molding the minds of through education of students, yeah. in particular law students, so that when they're leaving law school, they're leaving being aware of a variety of different ways to resolve conflicts and having that mindset change that allows them to consider possibilities in a way that typically weren't really, uh, I'll say. used in law schools to train lawyers especially those who are headed towards litigation being lit litigators yep. i think that's phenomenal i think that's phenomenal thank you. Thank so, you so much. thank you so much for being on the show i cannot wait to release this <laughs> on our website yeah. and on on spotify and apple it's going to be a hit thank you so much damali and i am also waiting eagerly to you know just watch this and of course the feedback from the uh listeners and viewers of what they think about it absolutely and if they want to get in touch with you we'll make sure we put all that information there mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll have a lot of students in particular who want to learn more about mediation and arbitration and not just students other practitioners or professionals who are interested in picking up these skills we want to make sure that they have a way to do that and so we'll provide all of that information uh in our bio and etc yeah sure Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Damali. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Awesome. This is Damali Peterman. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day. Do you have any barriers that we can help you break through? If so, you can leave a brief message at 646-363-6322 or on our interactive blog at www.breakthroughadr.com. Please follow us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at the at sign B R E A K T H R O U G H capital A capital D capital R. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Although I am a lawyer, mediator, and an educator, 
and many of my co-hosts will represent various professions, we want to be clear that we are not providing legal advice, counseling, or suggestions. Our goal is to provide a roadmap for conflict resolution to generate future conflict resolvers. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day.